Hello and welcome to Real News on this Wednesday early morning. My talking point is I'm going to go over yesterday, which is Tuesday, day seven of this Ghislaine Maxwell trial that's being kept from the public from my inside information from someone that's in the courtroom. So here we go. Day seven started out with a short testimony given by an FBI witness. The name was not provided to the public or to the court who authenticated several photos during the 2005 Palm Beach raid. The day's witness would take the stand, FBI Digital Forensic Examiner Stephen Flatley. Mr. Flatley would confirm that a hard drive exhibit presented to him was linked to a computer registered to the organization GMAX. He would also authenticate an email from Ghislaine Maxwell's MindSpring address that had been explaining grievance regarding trashed massage lotion bottles following the raid. Mr. Flatley would go on to authenticate a document showing an advertisement made by GMAX that specifically referenced massage lotion products. He also authenticated a piece of written material produced by GMAX that discussed Jeffrey and Ghislaine Maxwell. Basically, he said, Jeffrey and Ghislaine really complement each other. They are great partners. They are boyfriend and girlfriend, unlike what some may think. The defense would begin a short cross-examination, once again trying to grasp at straws to confuse the jurors. That's pretty much what they're doing, folks. So, by them suggesting that the witness, Mr. Flatley, couldn't confirm if these images had been changed since he had seen them initially without without providing evidence of alteration. So they dismissed Mr. Flatley. The next witness would be called to the stand, being made known to the public only under the name Carolyn, who explained she had met Epstein after she had left seventh grade at the age of 14. Caroline mentioned her mother was an alcoholic. This girl continued, I was introduced to Epstein to give a massage. I said yes, describing she had been greeted by Maxwell. She would also tell her story how she was paid $300 by Ms. Ghislaine Maxwell after being raped by Epstein, stating she had later received concert tickets, lingerie, and a book titled Massage for Dummies. That's fucked up, people. That's insane. These are the reasons why they don't want this uh, court proceedings live on TV. See what's going on here? Anyway, this Carolyn girl would also remember Ghislaine Maxwell calling to request she travel with her and Jeffrey Epstein overseas and to his island. Carolyn declined by telling Ghislaine Maxwell her mother would never say okay. Carolyn would also specifically state she mentioned her age to Ghislaine Maxwell as just 14. Carolyn's testimony would continue to describe her sexual abuse at the hands of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, stating that Ghislaine Maxwell abused her before she had given Jeffrey Epstein a massage.
When asked by prosecution, did you bring friends to Jeffrey Epstein's house? Carolyn, on the stand, replied yes, mentioning she had recruited three other minors that were brought to Jeffrey Epstein at the direction of Ghislaine Maxwell, which was Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. Caroline continued to discuss that all three children were raped by Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, who paid them afterwards. Caroline was asked what she would use this money for, and her reply was, I was buying drugs, and she broke down on the stand in tears. Testimony continued in court, with Caroline explaining she stopped seeing Jeffrey Epstein following a major event in her life. She ended up having a baby. She recalled returning to Jeffrey Epstein's house during her pregnancy when she, when, when she was 18 years old, but said she realized I was too old for him. Caroline would outline her history with drug use and a prior theft charge, for which she did jail time, also stating that she is constantly afraid of her children being trafficked, and she broke down and cried again on the stand. She was also asked by prosecution if she had previously worked for an escort service and had sex with men for money, to which she answered sometimes. Caroline's testimony would conclude with her acknowledging that Jeffrey, I'm sorry, Caroline's testimony would conclude with her acknowledging that Ghislaine Maxwell took pictures of her while she was raped by Epstein. An intense cross-examination would begin when defense attorney Jeff Pagluku approached the witness stand to employ the same technique that Ghislaine Maxwell's defense team had used for each witness. Pagluku started by assaulting the accuser's character, asking, you smoked marijuana and drank alcohol? When referencing the night of the elite's abuse, again, totally irrelevant line of questioning. And this is what they're due, folks, to confuse the jury. And this is, and every time, this is like, what, the seventh day of the trial, every time there is a line of questioning that involves child rape that is straight in your face and straight proven to the jury, they twist the narrative. The defense, Pagluco, would continue by leading the witness to answer the question, Virginia Roberts told you you can make 300, correct? To which she responded, no. Pagluco rephrased to reference a separate alleged occurrence. He says, isn't it true Roberts approached you about making the $500? Just Lane Maxwell was not there, correct? To which Carolyn responded, yes. Questioning continued with a dissection of a 2007 FBI statement given by Caroline that didn't identify Ghislaine Maxwell and instead identified Maxwell's assistant, Sarah Kellen. Pagluco continued with unrelated questions directed to Carolyn repeatedly. The prosecution and the judge reminded the defense of their obligation. Judge Nathan's transgressions become particularly evident when the witness herself said, what does this have to do with Ghislaine Maxwell? And she broke down again. This particular instance highlights the immense failure of prosecution. They're just trying to lead at this point, folks, because they don't have anything. And Judge Nathan tried to protect the witness from intense badgering by the prosecution. 
The prosecution has continually failed to object at relevant moments calling to question their intent and ability to represent their client adequately, as a lack of willingness to further inquire has also been observed at numerous times throughout the trial. I think this is going to end up being a mistrial, purposely on purpose, to um, to get Ghislaine Maxwell off or to just kick the can down the road for a new trial. That's what I think is going to happen. Anyway, the defense, Jeffrey Pagluco, stated, the last name of the witness allowed for the jury to hear before concluding for the day. This is the third occasion that Ghislaine Maxwell's defense team has shown blatant disregard for witness safety. This is the way it is, folks. Lawyers that fail to maintain their duty as charged by the judge should be disbarred for such bullshit since they are directly risking the accuser's life. Even more trouble was failure of the prosecution to object and pressure the judge to advocate punishment of the defense. The discipline received for each incident was non-existent and shows a troubling trend noticeable in many U.S. public institutions throughout the United States. The incompetence of those charged with ensuring due process. In this case, is the judge, Judge Nathan. Anyway, day seven's wrapped up with news given to jurors that the prosecution would be resting their case at the end of this week, causing further scrutiny and shock from journalists in overflow rooms. You see what they're doing? Did you hear what I said? I'll read it again. Day seven concluded with news given to jurors that the prosecution would be resting their case at the end of this week. Why? They want to fucking get this shit over with. This is still a cover-up, folks. And that's what this is. So how is it possible that a prosecution, which initially needed five weeks, they said in the beginning, they said they needed five fucking weeks to six weeks to argue their case, has now decided to reduce it. What's going on here, folks? Has there been a deal made with Ghislaine Maxwell? You know, I hate to say it. I don't think we're going to have justice in this case. I've said it all along. She's going to fucking walk. Or she's going to be killed. So let's see what happens here in the next couple weeks. But anyway. From the public's perception, nothing has changed. But questions arise as to what conversations or warnings have been given out of public view. Because no matter what they say, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell are tied to multiple intelligence agencies in this country. And they don't want you to know this, folks. They are hiding this stuff from you. And they used blackmail to force compliance from world leadership to shape public policy around the globe. That's a fact. A fact. These people are fucking trash and need to be brought to justice. Throughout Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's history, a trend of cover-ups and rug sweeps can be seen. They like to sweep this shit under the rug. 
all these higher-ups in politics and tech industries have looked the other way. They know what these motherfuckers have been doing since 2005, raping little kids and murdering little kids on Epstein Island. They fucking know. Hollywood knows. They're complacent and they don't give a fuck. It is my opinion that prosecution has shown no intent to seek full justice or protect their clients so far. So what do you think, folks? I will be back with day eight uh, when it becomes available and I get all the information and my notes together. In the meantime, if this is your first time listening, if somebody turned you on to my podcast, um, thanks for listening and hit that follow button. You can find me on all platforms at this time. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Real News with Lee Leffingwell and follow me on there. And if you have anything you want me to discuss in the future or you want to be a guest, uh, send me an email at realnewsocala at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.